<laughs> it doesn't even feel like we're recording. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this episode of Say by the Belial, an atrocious Ultraman podcast, the show where we only have three minutes to talk about an episode of Ultraman. I'm David. I'm Chris. And how are you doing, Chris? Because we actually have not really talked for almost a week and a half now. Yeah, it's been a long week. Uh, all my all my kiddos from the College of Mystery are graduating, so it's been grad party after grad party. But um, I did get I did get something special in the mail today. Yeah, I uh, I heard about that. I think it was some like anthrax. Yeah, well, you know, after I opened that one, I <laughs> I also went through and threw away this bill from the water department. I don't know why they think they get my money, mm. but. I got a little spark doll in the mail today, I think. Did you? Yeah. Uh, who knew that they made Kid Taro as one of those final <laughs> toys? Yeah. I Like I told you in the text, I have no idea what sent me down that trail, but I think they made this figure, like if I was reading the eBay listing right as I'm awkwardly talking as I am typing here... <laughs> I believe this figure was made in the 80s, like with the original uh, debut of Kid Taro, which you could probably confirm by looking at his foot um, if you have him handy. Oh, but, he's just out of reach. Oh, just out of reach. Dang it. Yeah, looking here at the listing, it says Ultraman Taro, four inch baby young child ultra hero figure, 1988 Bandai uh, tilde rare tilde heart emoji. Oh man, I I got this package from, and it was like sent priority, and it's like, well, this certainly I've ordered a lot, but I don't think this is anything I ordered, and you know, give the give the give the seller like five stars because it took me literally four minutes to open that thing. That's awesome. Uh, and I saw him in there, and I just like I literally <laughs> couldn't decide if I was gonna like start crying or laughing, <laughs> and I I should have known. I should have known he would have had one, but I was just dying once I realized what it was. And That's he's awesome. in scale, too, a little kid-sized. Yeah, it's great. And it's funny because I, I just actually, revealing to everyone, I just at work today bought the Belial vinyl figure. Nice. Because um, I was just like, well, he's the name of our show. I, I, I have Kinda to get have to. one. Yeah, and so now I'll have Kitaro and Belial. <laughs> your your only Ultraman figures is kind of yeah. It's like um, I have four Godzilla DVDs, but I have two Ultra Vinyls. There you go. Yeah, we've uh, we've forgotten about Godzilla in this podcast. Ah, uh, yeah. well, who would he, who is that? I don't know her. Yeah. Speaking of Godzilla, though, I am excited for a uh, singular point to come out on Netflix for. Those of us who have been um, watching it through less than legal means, it's been a really good show, and I'm really excited for people to be able to watch it. Oh, interesting, because those fan subs are getting kind of coming under fire in a lot of circles. Some of the biggest, some of the bigger fan sites are having to pull their fan subs because someone complained loud enough the toy I heard. So, like, they're coming down on Sentai and Kamen Rider fan subs. See, I heard something about that, but then I heard it wasn't true. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's all it's all hearsay on social media that you're certainly not trying to use. And I'm no. like, anytime I see a tweet more than twice, I'm like, well, that's a mute. <laughs> <laughs> no, so with this one, what's nice is uh, Toho's been releasing. So when it goes on to Netflix... Uh, starting, I think, with episode eight or something like that, uh, that actually has English subs on there. So a lot of these fan subbers have been able to compare that and fix some of these translations because it's like super heady, really into like science and like multiple dimensions, like all this weird stuff. So like you really need to have accurate subtitles. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't You're make it, it, it barely makes sense to begin with. <laughs> so you really need to make sure it's accurate. But when it does what would come you out, say, oh, go ahead. What would you say someone has to watch before Singular Point? Nothing at all. You could like be, you're coming in fresh and you're good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's definitely a standalone anime. I would say, obviously, being familiar with some of the monsters, you might enjoy it. There's a couple, you know, Easter eggs, stuff like that. Um, as long as you know okay. who Godzilla and Jet Jaguar are, you're fine. So, 
Well, yeah, we have a whole podcast based on him. It's called Saved by the Belly, y'all. You heard of it? <laughs> you can't see me shaking my head. So confused. <laughs> anyway, definitely check it out when it comes out. I think it's uh, June 24th or June 25th. I'm just hoping there's uh, a dubs, though, because I really like this is one of those shows I want to watch with Jasper. I've already kind of mm-hmm. vetted it, but I don't want to explain this to him. I just want to be yeah. able to turn it on and let him listen because, yeah, we he's been watching Ginga S with me in the morning. And I have a rule and I'm like, but I'm watching this for the podcast. You only get so many questions before I cut you off. <laughs> oh, man. And then like four minutes in, he's like, well, I hit my limit. <laughs> yeah, and that, yes. Yes. So see, that's I don't want to rehearse the whole dub sub thing, but that's such a good reason to have options. Yep. Yep. So, well, we could keep talking about this, but you're here because you want to hear us talk about Ultraman. So before we get into Ginga S, Chris, if you would do your matronly duties and house cleaning, that would be so mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, we got this actually pretty cool review. There's and, no actually, uh, it is a really cool review. Yeah, I got to stop saying actually. I know, me too, uh, me too. <laughs> so, so to the person that I actually just now, we re- we do appreciate it. We appreciate all of the comments, and that's why we read them because it's it, it really does mean a lot. It we could have zero or we could have six. It's the same. I mean, it just means so much. So. We love hearing from you, and um, yeah, so so this review comes from Panth3417, and this time they're not on the show with us to screw their name up in front of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, you're right, hi, I'm kind of new to Ultraman, same. I sort of knew the hero when I was a kid, because my dad tried to introduce me to the character, but at the time I was more of a Power Rangers fan, <laughs> you know, respect there. I got interested back in Ultraman when Netflix released the anime adaptation of the manga. I liked the show and decided to watch the original Ultraman show too, along with starting the new Marvel comic series and the reboot manga. Yeah, I kind of went all out, haha. Which is like, I especially <laughs> watching the anime. How do you not? Yeah. Um, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches. But yeah, so it's also given me a new opportunity to bond with over something he enjoyed as a kid. Out of curiosity, I wondered if there were any podcasts that could help me get into the fandom, and I found y'all. Y'all have been an incredible blessing. I had no clue y'all were Christians, too, until the end of one of your episodes, when y'all explore the theological insights of the show and background of the creator, writers, and Christ's impact on Japanese culture. I really appreciate this, because y'all have given me an opportunity to learn more about Ultraman from a Christian worldview, and a place where I can laugh and learn more about Christ, too. I hope y'all are doing awesome and that God would bless y'all so much. Take care and keep being awesome. I so. need to say, whoever you are, thank you for using the word y'all. I do not Amen. understand the stigma against that word because it makes so much sense. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, absolutely. You all are y'all. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to be pretentious, sure, say you all. But if you just want to be a normal human being, y'all is the way to go. We're an audio show. We need these galls. We need mm-hmm. these. So, yeah, that was an awesome review. When I saw that, definitely made my day. So, yeah. Panth 3417, we do appreciate it. Your screen name is divisible. He could just be Panth 2. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's my one math joke of the show. <laughs> yeah. We can make a conspiracy out of this. Um, oh, my gosh. Yes. So I don't really think we have any listener feedback. Uh, nothing explicit apart from the no, people who keep emailing perfect. us and say that we need to shut up. Um, but now there's a mute button right there. Download yeah, us. Put really, us in your queue and then mute us. If we don't have anyone doing that. I kind of <laughs> I kind of wish, though, one of these days we'll get a one star review and I'm going to sit here just feeling like. Why didn't you talk to me first? Yeah. Why didn't you give me the employee evaluation? We keep trying our hardest to get those ones, though. No. No, we don't. It's... I mean, what? I mean, fives. That's what I meant. <laughs> so it, it's so strange. So let's let's actually talk about reviews for a second, right? So reviews in the context of podcasts matter because it helps with like uh, where you rank when you search for different terms, stuff like that. Um, 
But I've always been of the opinion, if I look at a podcast and I see all five-star reviews and like a chunk of one-star reviews, I don't take that as being a bad show. I just feel like maybe the show either A, did something to piss someone else off, or B, there's just other shows that are getting jealous. Um, Which, Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest, we're human beings. We get jealous of other people. I get that. Uh, But yeah, it's strange like how much different reviews are for like podcasts compared to like my job in car sales where like Mm -hmm. reviews actually affect our business because people will look at a negative review over a positive review and assume that this negative review is accurate, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one of those things where obviously, you know, these star rankings, sure, whatever, but it's the reviews that people actually leave with words that mean Mm -hmm. a lot more not because we care about the rating but obviously like if you're going to take the time to share how you feel about it not only does that a blessing to us but that gives other people encouragement to be like oh maybe this is a show i should check out because you know i do anytime i look at a podcast i do look at the reviews right i want to see what i'm getting into so it's all that said like we don't care about it in a sense of like if we don't have so many reviews we don't think we're doing a good job but like it does like this review is proof that like this helps people find our show. He's mm-hmm. like, or he, she, I, I don't know, is saying that, hey, I was looking for an Ultraman podcast and they found us. This wasn't because of social media. This wasn't because of all the flyers I have going on down in Birmingham, Alabama. For some reason, I just chose that city. Like it's because mm-hmm. these reviews helped get us up there. So all that yeah. to say, we do appreciate it. We really do. Yeah, because I think part of it is like when I go on an Etsy shop, and it's new, and it's got four or five-star reviews already. I'm like, well, the Etsy shop owner got four of their friends to purchase from them and leave <laughs> a review. But also, when I see a, when I see a show review bombed, it's like a majority of one-star reviews. I'm like, oh, they must have a woman as a podcast co-host. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, it sucks how stuff like that happens. Yeah. But, all right. Let's pull Ron Swanson. Let's talk some shop. Um Yes. So we are woman going into <laughs> what? what? Ron Swanson, woman of the year. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go, man. I could I could watch that show forever. So we are getting into Ginga S. I still don't know what the S stands for. Uh, actually, I do. The S it stands, stands for, for peace. Oh, <laughs> we went two different directions there. <laughs> Ginga S pulls the S off of his chest to capture General Zod in the Phantom Zone. See, I... Oh, Superman 2. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking of Trogdor. Oh, S my is for gosh. sucks. S is for sucks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, okay, Chris, going from Ginga into Ginga S, like... Yes, what were you ex- What were you expecting? <laughs> and going into that first episode without sharing any explicit thoughts before we do our discussion discussion, like... Do you feel like your expectations were met? Like, I'm curious to see what was going through that noggin of yours. Yeah, so here's the thing. Like, when I say that I don't watch episodes ahead of time, I literally don't even... I I know what I'm watching when it starts. So um, I didn't know if this was a direct sequel, as in, like, Ginga, Ginga ended and then Ginga S picked up, you know, six months later, or picked up 20 years later. I have no idea. Like... So I didn't know if I was still on this because all I know about the behind the scenes is like hearsay, right? So we've had guests say that Ginga was kind of where it hit some budgetary concerns. Ginga is where they kind of did a lot of creativity in terms of keeping the show going a little bit longer. So I had no idea if I was if were we still in survival mode? Are we like is this a couple years later when we've got some money? So and all that all that said was. My only thought was if we have the same creative team, it doesn't matter to me if it's money time or if it's still budget crunch. Like if it's the same writing team or at least has the same feel, I was going to be content with it. And I think for the most part, there's some pretty interesting dynamics and there's a lot of stuff that like they did keep up. So I was pleasantly surprised. They, I think I was, I think surprised is the right word though, because mm-hmm. We won't get into the explicits like we will in like two minutes, but the way the first episode played, I was like, okay, this is kind of the same spirit. It's mm-hmm. got the same energy, but it's not the same show, and that's cool. 
Yeah, it's uh oh, different set pieces. Interesting. Oh yeah, I yeah. it's not the high school. Where yeah. am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I think you're right. I mean, so it's not the same creative team in the sense of like we don't get uh, Kichi Hasegawa back as like the main writer anymore. But I don't feel like it's a drastically different show either, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you can tell the guy who plays uh, Hikaru is just like really into it this time around. I mean, not that he wasn't last time, but like, I feel like he's he a was, much more... He's ready to come back. Yeah, he's a much more mature actor, I think, this time. It wasn't like, because I don't know if you've really noticed, but in Ginga, whenever he would transform, even in like the most dire situations, obviously they film it separate, right? But he'd be smiling and I'm like, yeah, okay, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, you, you can kind of tell sometimes when they're like filmed out of order or not yeah. all at once. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, wait, did you forget what scene you just filmed? Oh, you didn't just film that scene actually. But isn't that interesting though? Because for me, I just get ca- so caught up in these shows that like for 25 minutes, I forget that like this is a product of like filming and, stitching Mm -hmm. things together i'm just like oh this is happening like i get so immersed in it i'm like oh wait this is a show not real life this isn't a documentary about the time the ultras visited earth no but uh yeah because i know for me i'll be honest like i was not excited to come back to this show um because i watched it last year and i think i've even had comments similar to that on the podcast so far and i mean i'm thoroughly convinced i had no idea what i was talking about uh but i think that gets back into this discussion we've had about just not being dogmatic about opinions right like i've never gone online and been like ginga s is the biggest piece of trash i've ever seen this isn't even real ultraman like that's not the kind of person i am but like i i know i've been critical of it before and i'm like wait a minute it's just different time of my life and I came back and watched mm-hmm. this and I'm like oh my oh my word this is a lot of fun <laughs> maybe it's because I'm watching it with Jasper as I'm doing it but I mean I did last time too you know yeah so it is funny because I was talking with this I was talking to some friends about this the other day about community mm-hmm. trying to get people to watch it because you know I'm the community apostle now but um someone made a comment about the gas leak year and I was kind of like I don't know if if no one told you what year was the gas leak year, I'm convinced you would like most of the show. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think anything was that different that year. You, the worst thing that I think about the gas leak year is that it gets a few of those fourth season ills like most shows do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like fourth seasons when you got a little too big, you're getting a little too creative and it's time to like rein it in, get back to the basics a little. It's almost but, like you're too self-aware. Yeah, exactly. But unless, but the people are going telling you community season four is the gas leak year, um, then you're not going to like it. And I wonder if that's not the same with a lot of ultra shows, mm-hmm. which is why I explicitly try to avoid any sort of reviews ahead of time. The only time I'll see a review is when I go on like Milk Creek's website or even Amazon if I have to, to look at the DVD and I'll just see what the star rating is. But Thankfully, those are usually still pretty high anyway because people are reviewing the the um, condition of the DVD itself, mm-hmm. not the show. So, you know what I love about you, Chris? You have never called these Blu-rays. They're always DVDs. <laughs> I'm an eighty-year-old trapped in a thirty-year-old body. So seriously, like as I go through and I like do editing, I'm like DVD. DVD, DVD. I notice it every single time. I've just, I've never said anything, but tonight is the night. Watch this, watch this work, because I just sent you the picture today of my Steelbook collection of the oh, no. first couple Ultra shows. Steelbook VHS tapes. Steelbook VHS. You know how hard those things are to open. They're so heavy. So before we get into the discussions, though, we are announcing a giveaway this episode, but you're going to have to listen to the episode to figure out what it is because we're just going to intersperse it every fourth word oh man (laughs) i am not prepared for that you better have started counting we didn't tell you which one was the first word Uh, (laughs) i give up all right you ready chris so do our listeners yes sir all right
You're first. Yeah, I was scrolling down to it. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, You're good. All right. So here we're against. Oh, yeah. So just as a reminder, we're going through. We're going through a few more episodes this time mm, because yeah. it's a few. There's the movie in this series, mm-hmm. which I'll, I I find it important, and I know you do too, David. So I don't make it sound like I'm special. That this well, is like are. a twenty dollar. This is a twenty dollar DVD, which includes both series and the movie. So we would love. There's time to get in, see it, get all of this great material for really cheap. So, um, and this is my first ultra movie. It's what we're building up to in these next two episodes. Ooh, I didn't even think so, about that. Yeah, so that's going to be kind of interesting. I know I see at Walmart they sell a couple of those movies, but um, they're included yeah, this in the sets anyway. So. Hmm? I yeah, all I, those I, movies are in the I'm sets. so thankful you told me that before I <laughs> made a dumb decision. Right. Uh, well, now I'm just buying whichever one we're doing next, so it's not yeah. even a big issue. But um, All right, so starting with episode one, The Power to Open the Way. Two years after the final battle in Furuhoshi, the time for Hikaru Raidu to have another faithful encounter with a mysterious warrior, Ultraman Victory, and a new invading force from space. With the help of the special ta- task force UPG, Hikaru unites with Ginga again to forge a path to the future, and a titanic tale of battles begins to unfold. Remember how you're talking about it felt like there was more of a budget this time around? Yeah. It's because the nissan Subaraya partnership has begun. Oh. Yeah. Is so that why like, they drove the Leaf the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> You'll notice that a few times in future shows as there's a lot of Nissan stuff, so... I I did notice like it, there's that one scene in Endgame when Tony Stark pulls up in his whatever that super nice car is, Isn't it like and the camera just spends like, like 20 minutes just hovering on it. I <laughs> can't say that this show doesn't have sometimes. So I'm like, oh, I know what a leaf is now. I know yeah. that car. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but yeah, it's funny though. Like they do all of this budget like improvement, and the mm-hmm. first thing we see is Hikaru standing in Mexico in front of a green screen. And I'm like. <laughs> This looks so bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's a new set. They're trying something new. Oh, I know. But how, how did you feel about this, though? First episode, like, completely new setting, new tone. Like, mm-hmm. does it work for you? Yeah. The new tone was kind of interesting. Uh, it it was really nice having, it was nice having him back. It's a real good anchor towards the new show. Mm-hmm. And um, every. As as the whole tenor of the series shifts, once we get into the stuff with the Victorians later, it, it's nice to have that mooring. And I still felt like I cared about him. I was yeah. still was like, I was like, okay, it's two years later. I actually, it's not like uh, iCarly revisiting them fifteen years later, where I'm like, I don't really care. But with him, I'm uh, like, hey, welcome back. I'm here. I'm happy to see you. I hope your friends come back too. What was the blonde chick, Jeanette McCurdy or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw the skit she did on Eric Andre. That was that's, that's <laughs> such a weird show. Yes. Um, speaking of Trogdor, though, I didn't even plan this. Like, I was thinking just, about oh my god, X Red King. I was the like, X Red King, his arms. arms was like Trogdor's <laughs> arm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't his first appearance, but still, I'm like, okay, this is yeah. It's so good. I anytime you get Michelin Man arms on a big old T Rex, I'm like, it's Trogdor. He's yeah. gonna burninate that Ultraman. <laughs> so something I, I think that's really good about this episode, or really the show, is that they bring Tomoya back, right? So like mm-hmm. we saw that he struggled with having a lack of dreams because of his affluence, like Eric brought up. But now we see him turning and using that brilliance to like really help the world. And he seems mm-hmm. happy. He seems content. Like it's, I know. It, it's so good. Anytime someone's happy like that, I'm just like, oh, I'm so happy. You know, I felt it. Yeah. It was I such a too. nice, like, it's it's so nice when the sequel can pick up and still chart its own course. And I think mm-hmm. that's what Kinga S is doing pretty well. Yeah. All right. Episode number two, Ginga vs. Victory. Hikari refuses with Ginga again to help UPG and the mysterious Ultraman Victory face the forces that are threatening them. At the last second, X-Red King's rampage is stopped, 
Ginga extends a, extends, <laughs> extends a hand of victory only for the other Ultraman to attack. Victory's special attack, the Ult Lance, is unleashed against Ginga. Is he an ally or an enemy? I like how they did something unique. We've seen Ultras fight in the last series. And I, I like I think I said, and when we did the original Ultraman, they took a long time to do an evil Ultraman story. Mm-hmm. And Ginga, this is like its second. And yep. like its second like unique one. And it still feels like earned. It still feels like the way they handled it this time, where even I as the viewer who had not read the episode description, was like, oh, no, that's bad. They should be friends. Yeah. Why not? Like, I they I didn't I see them together in Ultimate Conspiracy. I don't know, <laughs> but I probably should have. Why are they fighting? It, you know, I'm not I'm not a child, but still, when that stuff happens, I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Yeah. They shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> and talk about those episode descriptions. It's like they have a completely different writer this time around. Yeah, I need good I job, rely Mel on Creek. the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so I have a th- question for you. Oh, I did too. Do you feel like this show feels more like Sentai compared to what you're okay. ex- used yes. to with Ultraman? Yes. Okay. Because the question that I just said I had was probably because I've watched Sentai. Yeah. Because it's got the foot soldiers. Yeah. Those, uh, I don't remember their name. I looked it up specifically and uh, I forgot. It, it's Android but, One Zeros. Uh, I, I call them robot cronies. Yeah, the robo cronies. I I was like, well, wait, foot soldiers. That's an interesting like, because Z doesn't Z kind of has it, but only because there's the ninety nine space pirate brothers. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I this one definitely felt a little more high energy and a little more like, and I'm not gonna lie, the thing that I don't like with Sentai is when it has foot soldiers. It's so that the Rangers can beat someone senseless without the moral conundrums of beating someone senseless. Um, so I got yeah. a little, I got a little nervous when Ultraman introduces it because I am so used to Z, and even even the first Ginga has a lot of like sympathy towards the Kaiju at times. So my fear when you introduce foot soldiers is that I'm like, I hope this doesn't become a license for violence. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Absolutely. And that is, we've, we talked about that in an episode we haven't released with, you know, Jeff, that like, that's one of the things I do like about Ultraman is you don't get a lot of that gun violence. So like, Mm -hmm. not saying I'm like, Ooh, this is good. It's just, it's definitely not gratuitous. It's definitely not Mm -hmm. in line with other shows that are contemporaries here. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. We both kind of noticed that shift. Um, I did also notice that Victory didn't turn away from the explosion at the end. Like He's not a cool guy. No. He has to look straight at it. No, and that, that's what he gets for living underground for his whole life. Freaking mold. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Episode three, The Lone Warrior. The invasion of the alien Chibble, Acceler, grows more intense. The alien Guts, Vorst, launches an attack with a group of Imperializer space robots. As people flee from the carnage, Hikaru ult ult lives with Ginga and shields the populace with his body. Badly wounded, he hears a familiar voice, the voice of Ultraman Big Taro, who grants a new power to Ginga. Big Taro. (laughs) I have to make the distinction. So I do have to say something. You haven't watched Ultra 7 yet, but like, up to this point, there are so many Ultra 7 references. So, Alien oh, Chibble and uh, Android 10, uh, or is it 01? Um, yeah, 10. So, they both have references to a previous Ultra 7 episode um, with Ella King from the last episode. He's from Ultra 7. Uh, Alien Guts is from Ultra 7. You know, there's there's all these different things, and it's just it's it's really cool to see that because it's not just like hey we're gonna pull random things. It actually seems like they cared to be intentional. Like, and then at the end, he uses Ultra Seven to defeat King Joe. Hmm. Well, because I'm sitting here like, oh, I know King Joe. That's <laughs> that's the robot from the one I've seen. That's but... our president. <laughs> All sleepy King, King Joe, Joe. Bi- custom King Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, 
Uh, who would uh, that's who would uh, Kamala be? Oh man, we'll have to sit on that one so we don't use our yeah. three minutes. Yeah. But um, I I do love something about Ultraman that I do love, and I don't know just a lot of these obviously because I don't know enough of it. But it, I think what you hit on is exactly right. It's not just references. We don't want to see just winks. Like, I think certain space movies have failed when they just think we want winked at the whole time. And it's like, I don't, I I don't care. I tr- I've seen that one before. Yeah. But, like, and I'm going to use an example from a show that I can reference. Like, Z. The fact that, the fact that a lot of the emotional of Z ranged on finding the Red King's babies... Now that I've seen more of Red King and know what he's all about, it seems so pointed that Red King is the choice that Z makes to begin that emotional journey, right? Yeah, it wasn't like so, Pigmon. It, well, but well, Pigmon would have had. A, I I love Pigmon to death. I would die for Pigmon just like he died for us. But that's my but, point: is everyone <laughs> would die for Pigmon, but who would die for Red King? Yeah, and I love it. So so when you're saying the stuff about Ultra Seven and how it re- references an Ultra Seven episode. And it's not just, hey, look at this turtle on a tank, but it's like, hey, watch this, like, you know. (laughs) Um, Turtle on a tank. (laughs) That's our band name. They recorded our outro. No, I I do love the way that it's intentional. It's not just we're reusing costumes, but it is we are intentionally making it a choice to reference specific episodes and stories and story beats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Also, Alien Guts has one of the best lines in this series. How saucy. (laughs) Episode number four. The meaning of strength. With the power granted to him by Ultraman Tarot, Ginga powers up into Ginga Storium. While glad to see Tarot again, Hikaru, what? Big Taro. Big Taro, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hikaru (laughs) begins to question his newfound strength feeling the stress of his duty to protect Victorium. And then, a monster appears. Watching his allies fight desperately to help him, something in shows... Or, yeah, shows soul awakens. (laughs) So, okay. I have to say this. Mm. Jasper's like, I think this episode's gonna have uh, whippy hands. I'm like, (laughs) Gudon? And then we start watching it, and it's not... You know, so I was like, no, it's satellite. It's not not good on i was like what the heck he just remembered also and jasper's like yes i got it right whippy hands <laughs> that's like, how i'm gonna have to start re- referring to some of these kaiju but that's how he was with the last episode too he was like as soon as the meteors fell he's like oh it's those big robots i'm like dude you scare me with the stuff that you remember it's been a year since we watched this <laughs> he's got a better memory than me yeah yeah. We got to have him as the guest on our next episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I do have, you know how we've been making 50 shades jokes every show? All the time, yes. 50 shades of Gudon because uh, the whips. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, oh my God. Right. That's all right. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I mean, good on I, you. I'd let him. Uh, ah. <laughs> Uh, so this episode though, Tomoya smiles. How good is that? How good is that? Yeah. I, I just, I love that even though like the emotional, like the, the cast that I fell in love with the last one, it doesn't work the same. It doesn't, it's not trying to work the same, but Mm -hmm. like shows, shows like new little, like, um, internal struggle that's coming up over this episode of the next couple. I'm like, I feel for you, buddy. I really do. I probably kill me if I called him buddy. But like, I'm like, I feel for you. This is really like heavy stuff that you're dealing with. Yeah. He talks to his mom about it. I'm like, well, that's not relatable. Yeah. Well, and you think about it, like he's lived underground for his whole life. Right. You know, and I was mm-hmm. thinking about that in the first episode. Uh, or actually, I guess it was the second one. You know, how he thinks the Victorians are so much different from the Earth Dwellers. Is that because the queen imparted this knowledge to him? Mm -hmm. Like, would he have come to that conclusion on his own? And that kind of gets into that difference between knowledge and wisdom. Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There is a lot of ethical decisions, dilemmas here. You know, is it appropriate to use the monster powers 
you know, that the enemies have relied on. But then, of course, we see Hikaru later talk about, well, they're not tools, they're allies, mm-hmm. which I don't know what a contemporary, you know, reference would be. But yeah, it's it's definitely, there's more here than just beat up monsters, which, again, that's why we like Ultraman, right? Yeah, and it's more than it's more than beat up monsters. It's more like it's more than power up of the week too, which rangers can turn into. Yeah, but it's like where? What is the source? Of, I lo- that's why I love it. What's the source of the power? What's the morality of using it? All right, this one I've got a few. I know a few of these. Um, so episode five, friend and devil. The alien Chibble Exceller unleashes the super monster Vakashim and the dimensional superhuman Yapool. Yapool possesses UPG officer Gauki. I said Goku the first three times I read this as practice. To infiltrate the base in order to trap Hikaru Ginga inside a dimensional barrier. His next target is Show Victory. As Vakashim and Victory engage in an intense battle, can Goku resist Yapool's possession long enough? All right. So, Yapool. I'm so yeah, glad. I knew these. I knew yeah. these ones. Yeah. Yapool is such an interesting antagonist. Like, it's one of the most unique, I think. And I just, I love that Suraya has no issues continually bringing him back, even though it makes no sense. Yeah, well, like, honestly, though. Yeah, because, you know, Tomoya's like, oh, this is Yapu. I'm like, how do you know this? Like, I don't understand the consistencies in all these different universes, which is fine. I don't really yeah, care, but I'm just like, I don't get it. Yeah, it'll be one thing if Trigger's like, oh, I knew I knew this guy specifically, and you're like, well, no, that happened in the other Ultramans. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's just, a, sometimes there's hand-waving, sometimes there's continuity, it's does it serve the episode or not? Yeah. Um, and if you if you follow me on Twitter, you know how I feel about it sometimes. But um, the one thing that I do find so interesting with Ultraman, and I think Yepool is one of the things that really solidified this, is so many of the antagonists would make such interesting, like bigger villains. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Some I would love to see more more often, but. Some I'm like, well, this could be like a couple of episodes arc. And Ultraman's like, oh, he's got 20 minutes. Yeah. And well, not even all the 20 minutes. Not to spoil anything. I mean, yeah, Pool is like, as far as I know, like the dominant antagonist in the Ultraman Ace series, which is okay. why, again, we see Ace, you know, being the one that's in his little wristwatch thing is who defeats, you know, Vakashim. So it is interesting the way that they can bring um, anniversary stuff like Ace and. Yeah, pool in here, do it again in Z, and, like, tailor it to the exact season rather Mm -hmm. than turning it into an episode of Ace, but you're actually watching the one called Ginga S. I I love the way that they do that. I think all the times that I've seen it, twice, is really good. I've been really impressed by the way they can do anniversaries. Yeah, this is in really well. Is this... this is not technically an anniversary. No, it probably I, is at some point. I'm sure there's an anniversary of some sort. I just yeah, don't look like into what every it is. series is going to be an anniversary. But yeah, so I love that we're starting to see some of these previous themes and Ginga being brought back. This idea that like when we allow bitterness and anger to ferment in our heart. So with Goki, mm-hmm. right? It's he feels useless because of Ultraman. You know that mm-hmm. we start opening ourselves up to these outside forces. You know, and mm-hmm. what's different, though, is, you know, Goki actually fights it. And that's something that Yapul was not expecting. You know, this right. idea of, like, a mere human is going to resist Yapul. How dare you? But he does. Right. And it's awesome to see that. It's a change from the Mephisto episode. Episode number six, The Forgotten Past. Show, show victory. <laughs> show, show victory. slash victory. Show victory are being followed by... That's so weird. Read it. Shavictory are being followed by a mysterious <laughs> woman named Iori who has some kind of grudge against his race, the Victorians. As Show is attacked without knowing the reason why. Wait, what happened to Victory? Why is it just Show? Uh, his transformation oh, wow. item, the Ult Lance, is taken. Iori lives. <laughs> oh, I guess Mons lives with Gomera and goes on a rampage. Ginga tries to stop her, but Shepardon, it's Shepardon 
tries to protect Gomera. They they clearly stopped editing and yeah. proofreading the summaries at those yeah. points. Uh, and then the ancient monster Fire Golza appears. How will show deal with this four-sided melee? I'll do you one better. Why is Gamera? <laughs> oh man. Um, that was a- I love it's hard. that. Sh- oh, go ahead. It's hard to talk about um, what I'm about to talk about in a four-way kaiju melee. But can we just talk about the fact that the Victorians are just people with funny yeah. clothes? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's that was kind of one of those things that kept me in the dark about whether this was a budget season or not. I'm like, ooh, look at these aliens, people. I know. But just like the Victorians of Earth, they all cover their ankles. So... It's really inspired by the same kind of people. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, it, it's the Victorians, I think, are actually my least favorite. Like, I love the concept. It's just for some reason, and maybe it's just the filter they put on. It just feels like a soap opera. And maybe it's oh the, my older, gosh, yes. the older guy. He's not a great actor, at least in this role. He might be somewhere else, right? But uh, Oh, yeah, I'll take the soap opera stuff all the time, though. If you give yeah. me, like, ultra pretty little liars... Pretty ultra liars. Oh, I came up with it. <laughs> trademark, trademark, trademark. Okay. But, uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad. I just feel like on the lower tier, it's probably my least. Oh, sure, I just, sure. It doesn't feel as polished. So Yeah. But I also just kind of dig in general, like, um, the creativity of some of the transformation items, mm-hmm. which is the whole episode based on the old lands. I just, I, I dig Victory, that. victory, victory. <laughs> I'm actually trying to put it in the ultra riser, stabbing the lance in there. But yeah. So I've got a question for you. We're going to get a little serious here. Oh, no. How did you feel they handled this? uh, You can't understand how the oppressed feel topic. Yeah. I, we don't, Godzilla, we got into it a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the hard part is. Yeah, not knowing what the writer's room looks like and kind of knowing the era in which it's created. Mm-hmm. I I liked it. it. Needed, I, I, I did, too. I needed some yeah. time to breathe, I think. Yeah. Um, I Maybe maybe the hard part was that it moves Hikaru off the stage a little. Mm-hmm. And since he's the one that I really have the emotional connection to, I'm not saying I'm watching strangers have this discussion, mm-hmm. but they're not the people that I'm bonded the, close with, the closest with. Yeah. So maybe if I was a little closer to show, and I like I said, I like the dude a lot, but I just haven't had the time for him to carry an episode. Mm-hmm. I think that's a helpful thing, though, that we're not as invested, so we can be kind of removed. Because like at first, I didn't think it was going to be good, and then at the end, it's like your hatred was shutting down your own powers. Right? Yeah. And I just think about that statement. I- I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to give myself a little bit here. Like, that's so powerful because, like, I do believe there's a certain point that we don't know how other people feel. But I think in in our current climate, there's this point where, like, we can romanticize the idea of holding on to hatred and grudges. Mm -hmm. And we forget how debilitating that is because we see what happens when she's given that chocolate bar. Right. It's such a simple act of kindness and she allows herself to receive it. Yep. And holy crap, she just breaks down. So I think it does a really good job. I just, I was struggling with it until the very end. And I was like, okay, I, I actually think it stuck the landing. I guess a little to your point about not being tied to the main character having this discussion is that it doesn't easily allow us to choose sides. Yeah. Because in a lot of, like if this was Shin in the original series, we'd be like, well, it's whatever side Shin's on. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, I'm just going to follow whatever the science patrol goes with, they're my heroes. So I guess it's distancing it from them, I think actually was a good move because it keeps me a little like, uh, you know, I can't just choose. I have to listen to them. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to automatically side one way or another. Yep. All right. We used up our, uh, our one moment of talking past the timer. All right. Episode seven, activate operation magna wave. The crystal on the back of the sacred beast Shepherd Inn holds an enormous amount of Victorium that the agent Chibble Exceller has been seeking. Realizing this, Exceller sends the odd beast Gankyo to suck victory up, g- causing Shepherd Inn to give Shepardon to give chase. Yeah, 
Even just reading the, yeah. UPG gathers around Captain Jinno to stop Exceller's scheme. Have they ever referred to the captain's name, or is it just we? Find I think it I out. learned it from here. Yeah, I did too. So I also love the thumbnail because it's uh, the two ultras and then uh, Zilla from 1996 Godzilla, like just staring into you space can't even together. You're right. <laughs> DVDs, Blu-rays, King Kong vs. Godzilla, Godzilla 1990. Let's just say 1991 at this point. Well, no, that was when Shin Godzilla came out. Okay, so this episode caused me a lot of stress last year. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because with Five King and Ultraman Z did the same thing. I don't remember which one was first, but they both did. One of the monsters, I think it's Super Cove, makes this weird like t- like lilting noise, like beeping. Mm-hmm. And I would say it has a 95% accuracy or like is the same noises the laundry machine makes in our house. Oh, so no. even Jasper pointed that out. He's like, one of them sounds like the dryer. <laughs> That's amazing. It's That's, it's uh, like when you're listening to the radio and they play police sirens on the song and you oh start Lord. pulling over. Yeah. Except you're like, oh, I gotta get the laundry out. Wait, what's That's funny. Yeah, yeah seeing Five King in this context has like, wait, he's not the he was the Ultraman Z big bad. He's only like a middle of the season episode of Ginga S. Weird. Yeah. Are you going to tell me like Pigmon becomes the big bad of one of the other series we're going to watch? I'd be all about that. Oh, that'd be great. He's triggers big bad. How do you feel about the idea that Tomoya and John nine are just like chatting on Facebook messenger even (laughs) a couple years later? Hey, you got to keep up with each other. I know It, it is a bummer that we haven't seen John nine. Like that was just such a cool inclusion in Ginga. But yeah, yeah it's like, a fun, it's a fun callback. It's a fun like connector mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be anything more than that. Maybe it maybe it will be, I don't know, but yeah. How like what was your thought though? Like after you know they defeated the initial set of monsters and they leaned back on Shepardon, then all of a sudden Five King shows up. Like, did you <laughs> see that coming or oh no, I can't. Even even if I was good at predicting, I thought that was the fun. Well, because the way I expect Five King is, you know, all of them do their fusion dance with the dark metals. So no, I didn't see that coming. I was like, oh my god, it's Five King. It's got he's got that eye for a hand. What? Are you doing head. the pa- pan's labyrinth? No, five head. Oh, five, five King, head. five head. Yeah, he's balding. (laughs) Yeah, it was again. I'm watching these shows, you know, for the second time. I still forget about some of these things. So it was a nice surprise. Uh, Episode eight, desperate battle in the sunrise. Five vicious monsters are combined to create the unstoppable five king. Imagine that five monsters. Weird. Well, what are you telling me that that, uh, what colors form to make the red king? You it's know. a primary color. Dang it. King and victory's unrelenting assault seems to have no effect, and the two Ultramen vanish in a flash of light. On the verge of victory, not Ultraman victory, the alien Chibble, <laughs> Exceller, activates Android 1-0 self-destruct countdown and sends her into UPG's base. Unable to transform, can Hikaru, show and the UPG stop the countdown to destruction? I got to give the series a lot of credit for ramping up the stakes in episode eight. Mm-hmm. Like obvious for obvious reasons, this wasn't the end of the show, but man, the way they built eight episodes into like this big climactic battle. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're literally halfway and it feels like yeah. with enough episodes, this could have been the conclusion. Which, well, even with the eight, I would have been content. It's like maybe even a mini series. Mm-hmm. So I gotta give them credit. Like they they brought out they brought out Big Bad, as far as I know, in episode yeah. eight, and I was like, yeah, this was earned. I feel like that's a lot of the way I'm gonna talk about the series is they earned a lot of what they tried to pull. Mm-hmm. I feel like this podcast is gonna become me quoting Jasper now, because okay. as we watch this episode, is that Ginga's crotch shot? <laughs> 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 like uh, I'm not even gonna correct you. 
Can I do that for the Aim for its Butthole Award? <laughs> yeah, you can. That's fine. Uh, That's but on a serious non-genital uh, related note, Is there one? It's it's really interesting thinking that like, okay, so the dilemma the humans had, right? So the alien chibble was like, hey, I'm going to destroy the city because you didn't listen to me. You know, on the one mm -hmm. hand, like, yeah, he's the antagonist. Of course, he's going to do things like this. But like, we didn't see our characters weigh out the option of like, what's going to happen if we do these things? Yeah. And there's consequences and innocent lives are lost. And I'm like, I'm not, obviously, we're not ranking the episodes or rating them. But it's interesting. We didn't see that because... He he. It, for what it's worth, it sounds like it looks like he actually was gonna wait, you know, yeah. he, and he didn't because well they didn't uphold their end of the bargain. So yeah, I I never really thought about that until this time around. But almost in any other franchise, we would have been with the heroes one hundred percent. Like, well, you don't listen to the villain. We don't make deals with terrorists. Yeah. So, but in Ultraman. You don't like you don't make deals. You don't compromise goodness, but you do take that time. So maybe it is a little interesting that they didn't take that time. Mm -hmm. That's what, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like processing that right now. I think that's a, that's a really good point that I didn't think about. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if that gets in, like if they talk about it in the next episode or not. And again, I'm, I'm not faulting them for Me that. Either. It's just it's one of those things where I'm like, it would have been interesting if they would have touched on that. But then it's like. Would this have been a three-part episode instead of two if they do that, you know? Oh, that's so, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm curious what made the constraints to make this a differently numbered season, but... Mm -hmm. What? A fist? Alien shovel. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was not the line I chose, but I just... I almost did. I almost did. <laughs> I, I'm proud of you because it was, it was a really good line. Okay. So... The giveaway. Because I accidentally purchased two, we are giving away a copy of the Rise of Ultraman graphic novel trade paperback. Yeah. Because we're going to be discussing it on an upcoming episode. I think it's going to be two episodes from now. So if that's hungry. something you're interested in, head over to our contact page, which is atrociouspod.com, and then just go to contact. And send us an email by June 20th. Seems like a far away time from now, but it's we're also two weeks ahead. So yeah, that's why. by the time the episode's posted. Yeah. So uh, if, yeah. if you win, if we choose you, because we'll do our little name picker wheel, uh, we'll contact you via email and set up shipping. Uh, the only rules, well, the only rule, excuse me, is that you have to be in the United States. I'm not shipping to Europe. I'm not shipping. I'm not even shipping Probably to Canada. Y'all are nice. Yeah, I was going to say nope. contiguous United States. Yep. Lower, I mean, lower 48 is preferable, but if you live in Alaska, I'm not going to discriminate. So, <laughs> yeah, you have to deal with the thing. So, yeah. 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 And if you, if you are not the winner, you'll hear us still suggest going to your local comic shop and picking it up anyway. You can probably. The trade paperback is probably 17 bucks. Yeah, uh, it If is. you've got a poll, you might get a little extra discount. And, you know, I'm sure most stores probably have a pretty good selection of back issues. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a specific kaiju on the cover, I know, David, did you even buy a regular number one? Or did you uh, pick specific covers? I don't remember, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not really big into variants unless, yeah. again, with the Matt Frank one, I'm like, hey, I, yeah. I know who Just that is. Just are so. you liked. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I know my comic shop has a few both Rise and Trials variants. So mm -hmm. if you're interested, those might be worth checking out too. If anything, there's good art. Yeah. Like good art for your walls. So But I like I like the trades because A, you don't have the dumb comic uh the dumb commercials and ads in there. Right. Like that that actually makes reading comics with Jasper really hard. And I know that's yeah. the point. You know, now that I'm reading Neil Postman amusing ourselves to death, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. But I love the trades because you don't have the ads and you get mm -hmm. all of the covers in there. So yep. you get to see them anyway. So, And I think we'll, we'll make this comment. At least I'll make this comment again when we do the episode, the comic episode. But this series is definitely, I almost wish I read it the first time as a trade or at least mm -hmm. I wish I had all five at once. Yeah. I know I feel that way with both of the current Ranger ongoings. And sometimes it's fun to have the monthlies like the High Republic and the mainline Star Wars series are great to have monthly, but Rise of Ultraman 
if you can read them all, the more you can read it once, the better. So Absolutely. we'd love to send you this graphic novel and love to have as many people join the discussion too. Yep, yep. So, all right, awards time. Let's do some awards. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with our most beautiful boys. Chris, who did you choose? I chose, I'm going to double check the name, Alien Guts F- Forced. Ah, that's awesome. I just love that design. I think, um, I don't know if we'll see Forced again, but I'd be excited. Yeah. He won't be a winner every time, but I just loved how unique it was. Like, Ultraman's got his share of big lizards, so mm-hmm. any kind of variation from that's pretty fun. Yeah, I don't think we'll see that specific one again, but Alien Guts is in a show we're going to be watching here pretty soon. So, Okay. Cool. So, what about you? I wanted to do Shepard on. Like, I really did, but I just have this soft spot for Gonku. And okay, yeah, you will see why in our next batch of episodes. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, Monster Graveyard Award. I did when Victory just sucker punched Fire Golza. Like the uh, effects in general were really good in that scene, but it was just, I don't know what it is about fire goals. That it just has this punchable face, punchable and face. Yeah. 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 And I'm just yeah. growing more and more fond of uh victory uh, this time around. So I just, I had to give it up. Oh, to that victory. Scene. I'm going to say this with every new, I promise I won't actually. I, I think like from what I've seen of orb in R and B, like I'll say this for those <laughs> Ultraman R and B. Ultra Aretha Franklin, Um, but um, I love I love Victory's suit too. I love the I love the costume. But um, mine, I cheated again because I actually got a reference for the first time. Okay, and I think it was when Victory comes in doing the iconic kicking pose. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. I I was like, hey, I get that reference. You're joining the fight. Sucker Punch was good. I ah, the four part the four part melee though. Mm-hmm. I I got into it. I was digging it. I was like, okay, this is how you get Chris into a kaiju fight, right? The choreography so, in the show, the fight choreography, it's so is just much better. Stellar. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, you don't need to like chop someone in half. It doesn't need to explode. If you can do good choreography, my boy, I'm in. So mm-hmm. I'm giving it to the four way melee. I'm glad you added melee like that. to that. Uh, four-way <laughs> Super Smash Brothers four-way brawl. Uh, uh, what did you do for uh, How in the Heck Did He Get Away With That Award? See, this one I was... I I don't know. What did you have? One? I, I kind of struggled. Yeah, so I did when uh, Hikaru transforms into Ginga to save the captain because I think at that point, it's when you really start, like, again, I'm, I need to watch the next set of episodes, but just some of these lingering shots, it seems like the captain's, uh, come, he's, he's starting to realize who Hikaru really is. Sure. If I have to give it to one, it's because the emotional impact of show figuring out what's going on with Ginga. Yeah. Or at least starting to. And that's not quite the same spirit, but I love the way that both of these Ginga series have handled the secret identity question. Mm-hmm. The way that it's an actual shakeup, it's not like Mary Jane's like, oh, okay, well, let's go bone. But it's like, wow, this actually affects me. So some of the stuff you say, like, <laughs> I always wonder, like, should I edit this or not? I'm just going to leave that one in. <laughs> oh, great. Um, uh. So things to not edit is the Aim for its Butthole Award. And I won't choose Jasper's, but that's funny. Yeah. Oh, I know. I did. Um, because of the shortage, I had to go with the saucy line, though. The shortage? There were some good ones. There was some. No, good the Chick fil A sauce shortage. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's man. It's saucy. I did uh, when Goki's talking to the mother, like, may I touch your stomach? <laughs> okay. I. Like, out of context, that's just such a good line. For me, as a 28 year old single dude, that's weird, period. Like if even in like normal context, so I was like, I can't choose that line because I always think that's weird. Yeah. All right. What was your favorite episode, Chris? I was digging the 
just the desperate battle in the sunrise. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the power to open the way, it, it started on a pretty unique like twist. So we might have some, depending on the way the series uses some of these twists, will determine my favorite episode of the series. Mm-hmm. But I actually might. This was a strong pilot, so I might be leaning pilot-wise today. Okay. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's a good choice. I mean, I would agree with why you made that decision. That's not what I chose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's probably obvious which one I chose because I talked about it after the timer. Yeah, I kept but, going. Yeah, it's just between the way that, you know, episode six, by the way, The Forgotten Past. Um, yeah. Just the way that Sho and Hikaru are becoming friends. But again, just this idea of like what anger and bitterness and hatred can really do to a person, but also what is transformative, right? Show didn't beat it into her that she's crazy, that she's, you know, trying to make her feel bad. It's he was kind to her and they were all they were like, oh, wow, we didn't realize what had happened. Like they confessed their failings and they worked to be better you know and mm-hmm. again as we've talked about numerous times this show is incredibly countercultural, and i love yep. that i absolutely love it well and moving a little into since i've started this weird thing where i do like half serious half funny theological insights mm-hmm. i do think that i know a lot of people who like even if they're not christians they still feel like spiritually and emotionally kind of dead yeah. they feel like stagnant like Especially with the lethargy that the pandemic has caused, like, a lot of people are like, why is my life so terrible? And sometimes it is just that anger and some of that bitterness you're holding on to. It's so, it's one of the most important things I've ever had to learn is, like, forgiveness isn't, like, for the other person, but it's freedom for yourself. Like, it's not just that they're, it's not just, like, he got, like, that their powers work, but, like, as humans, they could, like, well not as humans but like it's people like come together right and I think like um, we need to learn that lesson sometimes that like forgiveness is hard and it's a choice and there's like stuff that has to happen like kind of both ways sometimes but it's it's in that letting go of anger letting go of bitterness and working towards reconciliation in some sense that's like that's where freedom really comes for us as people but on the other hand you know in the garden of Eden when (laughs) Satan starts as a serpent and then he tempts Eve to take the apple, and then Eve tempts Adam to take the apple, and it's actually fruit, but I'm gonna say apple. And then you get this whole like thing where like in the, in the wilderness, in Numbers 24, Israel gets bit by a bunch of serpents, and then they look at a golden serpent, and then you get all the way to David's story, where he battles this, or Saul battles this king named Nakash, which is the Hebrew word for serpent. And then David, the son of the king, battles the son of the serpent just like Genesis 3.16 says that the son of the woman is going to crush the son of the serpent and then in Revelation Satan is a dragon like he is like a serpent but like 20 times bigger because he's moved from a snake to a dragon that's the same with Red King who starts as a regular lizard and then becomes ex-Red King which is just like Satan little lizard big lizard and then Red King's like little Red King big Red King so it's like Red King is Satan so that pretty much makes Ultraman Z origin for thinking that Red King could be saved. I was wondering where you're going with that. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes I like to keep you on edge and just give you no handholds. No. Just like Ephesians says, no footholds for the devil, no footholds for the Red King. And like Southern Baptist pastors say, no footsies. No footsies. <laughs> no purple and no footsies. Actually, no handholding in general. <laughs> if you are until you're yeah. married. All right. God. So Chris, what are we doing yeah. next time? A lot. We have Ultraman Ginga S episodes 9 through 16. A life to regain through the battle for tomorrow. Plus Ultraman Ginga the movie Showdown, the 10 Ultra Warriors, and Ultra Fight Victory. Acha. Acha. Pretty excited about that. Uh why don't we decide now how long do we want to give the movies? Well, I guess Ultra Fight Victory is a 30-minute thing, so we'll do three minutes there. But yeah. do we want to do three minutes for the movie or do we want to do six? I feel like how we long make is that, it? Uh, an hour and 20 minutes. 
Six is fine. Okay. And if I have to hit the extender. Yeah. Okay, I did have to, I almost, I didn't, I couldn't find a way to work this into the episode, so I'm going to do it now in the errata section. Mm-hmm. There was one episode where the battle began and he was already like, his, it was already, the color timer was already going off. And I was like, did I miss something? I actually rewound. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's funny. Anyway, okay. That's let's funny. let's play in six, and if we watch it and we're like, oh my god, there's so much to talk about, we can do seven. Cool. Seven. <laughs> seven. Seven. All right. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Seven. Well, it's easy to get caught up with reviews and such. You know the drill. Talk to us. Whether it's sharing your thoughts on an episode we covered, if we made a mistake, or you just want to harass Chris, feel free to send us an email at atrociouspod at protonmail.com or head over to atrociouspod.com where you'll find our contact form for listener feedback and even prayer requests. Until next time. gave myself the chills there. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious.